1: A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away.
0: The Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions, vie for control of the galaxy in a
1: seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle
0: of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility In a deadly game that is being manipulated by the dark lords of the Sith. From the war-torn Frontlines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times.
1: Hello and welcome to the 101st episode of Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast. I am your host Michael Cohen and with me we've got Kyle Avery today yes how's it Everyone going
0: Kyle last back from c6 even though that yes was like yeah I, well it's
1: been it's been a, been a couple of weeks yeah. now uh, we are safely back home and relaxed and rejuvenated I should hope uh, although it was a pretty killer weekend so uh so we thought that we'd just kind of give you guys a little bit of uh uh, peel back the curtain, sort of thing, and, and let you know how our weekend was, uh, how how celebration went, uh, some of the news that came out of it. Although I'm sure that everybody is up to speed on all that news, thanks to Tim over there on CloneWarsPodcast.com, keeping us up to date. You know, the thing that I love about Tim and and him uh, posting news for Frontlines now over on CloneWarsPodcast.com is that sometimes I get the news. From my own website. <laughs> uh, it's the first place that I read it, because he's just on top of things over there. So, uh, it's pretty wicked. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure everybody's heard all the big stuff, the Star Wars detours, celebration to Europe, uh, and uh, I don't know, what else was there? Uh, uh, well, tons and tons of Clone Wars oh, stuff, yeah, but sure. we'll 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 talk specifics when it comes to clone wars for sure but uh, let's uh, let's actually let's go through it day by day okay cool let's uh, let's break it down yeah, i actually made an outline
0: um, when we were talking about recording a couple of weeks ago when we got back i mean okay we've had our schedules have been conflicting and stuff and haven't been able to record till now so when we first started talking about it i was like i'm going to write down everything i did so i don't forget when we finally get around <laughs> to
1: recording the podcast awesome Cool. Well, uh, I will start by saying that I arrived in Orlando a full, uh, what's that, F- like five, four days beforehand, before the convention started. I got there on the Sunday night, and, uh, and with the convention starting on the Thursday. So I had, I, well, I mean, very late Sunday night, but I had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at, uh, at the parks, uh, at, at the, the Disney World parks, so uh... my wife crystal and i we spent a good portion of our vacation there, uh... and uh, and just sort of hanging out doing all the stuff The the star wars highlights would be that i i got to ride star tours finally but uh... but then i rode star tours again with you guys so we'll talk a little bit more about star tours at that point Um, and uh, and i got to see just how well star wars is represented in all of the parks and uh, you know what I'll say? Not as well represented as it is over at Disneyland. Disneyland, Sorry. Um, really, when you go from park to park, there's not a lot of Star Wars stuff except uh, a little bit in Magic Kingdom, uh, in Tomorrowland, and uh, and then a little bit in uh, in Hollywood Studios right coming out of Star Tours. Uh, well a lot of it uh, coming out of Star Tours but uh, but other than that I mean you kind of you go to the different I didn't really I don't recall seeing anything at Epcot of note Uh, maybe there was a couple statues Mickey Mouse uh, as you know a Jedi sort of thing uh, at the the art gallery shop right at the beginning of Epcot Uh, and I don't recall seeing a thing at Animal Kingdom um Nothing Star Wars there, as far as I can recall. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, you go to Disney, Disneyland uh, in California, and Disneyland, I mean, all over Tomorrowland, and uh, even you know on Main Street and some of the other sections of the of the park, you'll find stuff, and even over at California Adventure, you'll find Star Wars stuff. In, in like the, the Hollywood area and that sort of thing. So, uh, it was a little bit, I was expecting to see a little bit more. I was expecting some more cool stuff. Uh, I didn't really see anything that jumped out at me, uh, on my first few days. It was until I went back and then I decided to get some stuff. But, uh, but with that, uh, let's see, Wednesday night after, uh, Crystal and I popped over to, uh, the convention center to pick up our passes. We picked them up in the afternoon. Scoped the room for uh, for you know uh, technical layout and, and sort of get get a feel for the uh, for the convention room, the exhibit room that we'd be doing our panel in on Thursday. Um, after that, we kind of we took off, uh, and as we were leaving, we ran into Steve. Uh, so that was the first time that I saw Steve over the weekend. Uh, I had also run into Chris, uh, from Sarlacc pit and, uh, and we ran into JC and, uh, and, and actually that was where I met Carl for the first time was that night. So it was that evening. And it was sort of like, I was, I was there, Carl introdu- uh, walked up and said hi to Chris. And then he was standing there and I introduced myself and he's like, Oh, Hey. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, realized who i was talking to uh carl from the uh from the wampas lair so uh so yeah saw all those guys and then turned around and uh we went back to downtown disney for dinner uh and then at 10 o'clock we decided that we should start booking it towards the airport because you guys were supposed to land at what 10 30 somewhere around there but yeah and uh and you didn't end up landing until sometime after eleven o'clock yeah. uh it didn't really get out of there until almost midnight <laughs> yep. and uh yeah but uh but we picked you guys up and, uh you and uh Jason from the Wampus Lair and we took you guys back to uh back to your hotel not before stopping in at uh my hotel room to grab your guys's front lines t shirts Only, yeah, only to discover that, uh, that ants had attacked our, uh, me and Crystal's room. So, uh, not super important except for the fact that, uh, we got upgraded later, uh, the next day to, uh, a suite, uh, a very nice suite, very big one. And that's where we had a, we had a little bit of a shindig on the Saturday night, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that all in due time. Uh, so, you know, after a very late night for Crystal and I, and I think a late night for you guys as yeah, well. Yeah, after a long, hectic travel day of delays yeah. and all
0: that kind of stuff, but it was all good, we got yeah. there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, we, we all woke up bright and early, uh, to get there for what, about, I guess about 9, 9 o'clock? think least 8.30 I, or 9 I, o'clock?
0: I th- yeah, I think we got there about
1: 8.30. Yeah, um... And, uh, geez, where to go from there? What did we do on our first day? Um, let's see.
0: I think the first thing we did is we went to that, uh, that Clone Wars tech panel, like the behind the scenes thing with, uh, Dave Filoni and Joel Aaron. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, that's the first panel. Know, they were about but- that, that wasn't so much like a season five preview as more of like just kind of behind the scenes of the animation and the visuals, and, you know, they talked about mm-hmm. kind of their progression from season to season and, like, updating the character models and adding more stuff in the backgrounds on the planets and all that kind of stuff, so that was pretty cool. Um yeah. And we did get to see one uh, Season 5 preview clip there where, I think we've seen it before, maybe, you know, Dave Filoni showed it at Star Wars Weekends and, you know, ended up bootlegged on YouTube or something, but it's a clip with uh, Embo yeah. um, chasing uh, Anakin and Padme on a snow planet, and he's, like, you know, they're in some speeder, and he, you know, shoots it and disables it, so it's kind of just like sliding down a hill like a sled, and then he's following them like sliding on his hat, basically using his, you know, his big wide metal hat as a sled. So that was a pretty cool
1: clip, along with his Jedi powers, huh? Along with his Jedi powers, that's that's <laughs> some F level canon. Uh, I I still hold firm that Embo couldn't do the things that he does without some grasp of the Force, whether he's a full on Jedi. Or just a, a a force user of some sort, force adept or something like that. He's got he's got something going on there a little bit more than his natural abilities because he's pretty skilled. It's a little bit ridiculous some of the stuff that he does, and that that's one of the clips where you know you really get to see that he, he just sort of leaps into the air and hops onto this thing and does things that you'd think only a Jedi could do. Um, but yeah, pretty amazing clip. Uh, some really cool behind the scenes stuff. Uh, seeing, you know, what just what goes into uh, bringing all these characters to life, and uh, and and yeah, we definitely got to see a lot uh, of of well, a, a lot of season four stuff. Uh, it, a little bit more in depth. We heard about some some sort of uh, scenes that were cut short or moments that were cut out, uh, stuff that they wanted to get to but couldn't get to. Uh, all sorts of stuff like that—stuff that they weren't technically proficient at, so they they left out, or stuff that they were technically proficient at, but there just wasn't time for. So yeah. stuff like uh, Darth Maul's foot, <laughs> which uh, which we were told, you know, if we were going to be at the season premiere the next night, uh, to watch out for Darth Maul's foot because it was going to have a, a a nice prominent role in the episode, uh, and and it it definitely, <laughs> yeah that. His his raptor legs or chicken legs, as I like to think of them, <laughs> uh, had a had a, a few choice moments. Got to see the the his foot and uh, and just that fully in action. Um, the next night, so so from that tech panel, what did we check out next? Um, well, I don't think you went to it, but the next thing I did
0: was the thirteen thirteen panel.
1: Yeah, um, that's right,
0: and that was pretty cool. I mean. You know, a lot of you guys have probably seen the uh, some of the short preview videos and stuff that they've released from Star Wars Thirteen Thirteen. Um, so when I was there at that panel, they showed a couple of behind the scenes documentary, you know, kind of short type videos, um, and I think those might be online now. But they hadn't like those were new at the time. Um, one yeah. was talking about sort of the collaboration between like ILM and LucasArts and Lucasfilm Animation, and they're sort of bringing all the companies together to work on this. So they were talking about sort of the benefits of that and um, just sort of, like, the experience of having people who've worked on movies and, you know, just making, like, the environments and the graphics and everything. Um, and then the other video was about just sort of, like, the environment of the game and the on Underworld and um, just sort of exploring, you know, sort of characters and themes and stuff like that that aren't really prominent in, you know, the Star Wars movies and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. And then they came out and did a... Um, you know, basically a live gameplay demo, like one of the lead developers was up there playing through what I'm pretty sure is the first level of the game, and it's uh, it's mm-hmm. the same level that all the preview videos we've seen have come from, um, but it was still pretty cool yeah. to get, I mean, you know, obviously we got to see a little bit of new stuff because it was, you know, the whole level, and I'm not sure exactly how long it was, it might have been like 10 or 15 minutes or so that he was playing for, rather than, you know, just getting it in like short, choppy little segments. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any particular new things, I mean, of course, you know, as you can probably tell from the videos, the game looks amazing, like, as far as the graphics and stuff, um, there were just some really cool, you know, vista shots of Coruscant, and, you know, ships flying over and stuff like that, and then you get those two bounty hunter characters that you've seen, and they're, like, walking through their ship, and they've got a, um, I, they, they had a Trandoshan that was, like, locked up in a cage, and it tries to escape or something, and they were talking about that. And then you know their ship takes off, and they're heading down to thirteen thirteen and mm-hmm. they get attacked by some you know mercenaries or whatever, and the gameplay starts where the guy's you know walking through the ship like shooting all the guys trying to board mm-hmm. probably my favorite part of it, and the um the one thing you haven't seen in the in the videos before, and so there's a cut scene where um there's you know like the pirate ship or whatever that's attacking the main guys their ships are kind of attached, and the uh the older. Mm-hmm bounty hunter guy that's sort of like a mentor to the main character. He takes one of the enemies, like, chucks him in an escape pod, tosses a thermal detonator in with it, and then ejects the escape pod, and it shoots into the other ship and explodes. And so you've got, like, now two disabled flaming ships, like, crashing down into the Coruscant Underworld. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, overall... And they did some stuff where they would, like, pause the game in the middle of the action and sort of swing the camera around and do all this crazy technical stuff with it, so... You know, as if it didn't already look technically impressive. I mean, you know, it just looks really cool. Um, still no word on, you know, release date or what platforms it's coming out for. Um, and when they first announced it, I was thinking or maybe just hoping that it would be out, you know, on the Xbox 360 and sort of the current round of consoles. But kind of the more and more stuff we see about it, I'm kind of, you know, getting on board with the people that think it's going to be one of the
1: next-gen games. Um, people people don't think it, dude. It's it's a next gen game. Yeah, there's no well, chance it's coming out on these. Because
0: somebody went up and asked him. <laughs> there's no chance. Somebody went up and asked him like what? Or you know, of course, during the Q and A, somebody asked what uh, platforms is coming out for, and they're being you know real cagey about it. And um, mm-hmm. I guess they were playing. Well, the guy was playing it with a game controller, like an Xbox type controller or whatever. But he said you know it was playing from like a high end PC or something. So um, yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean. Um, like if if it was coming out on this current generation of consoles, they would have told us that it was coming out on these consoles. The fact right. that they're not saying anything means that it's coming out on the next generation right. of consoles.
0: Well see, the only reason that I'm still not a hundred percent sold on that is just that it seems weird that they would tell us so much about a game for the next gen consoles when they haven't told us anything at all about the next gen consoles. But it still looks you know it's it's looking like it's gonna be Mm-hmm. further ahead in the future that it could definitely be on those ones. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see how that goes, but, you know, I'm definitely still keeping an eye on that game. It looks really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally cool. Well, and then I, I'm just looking at the schedule, and, uh, and I'm pretty sure that I just kind of checked stuff out, uh, did the exhibition hall for most of the day. I took care of some other stuff, and then it was time for me to start getting ready for uh, for the panel. Um, but while I was doing that, you guys stepped over to the, uh, the Phantom Menace Ian McDiarmid panel.
0: Yeah, which was, I mean, it it was definitely cool to see him in person. Um, I'm going to try not to gripe too much about the, you know, the lines and the times that stuff started because that was messed up all weekend. But, you know, of course, we had to leave from that panel early to get over to the the Frontline's panel, but we did want to, you know, see the beginning of the Ian McDermott panel. I think that was at 5, and the Frontline's panel was at 6, and so we figured, oh, we'll get to stay for, like, 30, 40 minutes. Well, they didn't actually start the thing until, I think, closer to 5.30, and so we only got to see him for, like, 15 minutes. Um, But, I mean, for the short amount of time we did get to see him, it was, you know, really cool to see him in person and uh, get to hear him talk. I think the the one thing I remember that we kind of got to hear him tell stories about while we were there was, uh, he was talking about like the first time he met George Lucas and kind of how he got the job as Emperor Palpatine and how he developed the voice for it because, I guess, um, they were originally going to have someone else dub over the voice, I guess the actor who had originally done Palpatine in Empire Strikes Back because Ian McDiarmid didn't do it until Return of the Jedi, Um, but then I guess he did a really good job with the voice and George Lucas decided to keep that one instead, so... That yeah, was cool. I'm glad he did because Palpatine's one of my favorite characters, and I love his voice when he's just you know taunting Luke and everything. But um, mm. so yeah, like I said, even though we only got to stay for like ten or fifteen minutes of that, that was cool to see him. And then we headed over for the 100th episode of Frontlines.
1: Yeah. So then, uh, so then the time came uh, for the the 100th episode, and hopefully some of you guys. Managed to jump on, watch the live stream, or see the live stream from uh, from the YouStream channel after the fact. Uh, and uh, if not, I'm sure that you've all listened to the audio at this point. And and actually, now as of yesterday, you can jump up on uh, CloneWarsPodcast.com uh, and follow that to our YouTube channel and uh, and and watch the video from there. Uh, I haven't I haven't actually gotten a chance to watch very much of the video yet. I. Uh, but uh, but I'm sure that it's very entertaining. Uh, uh, what before I talk too much about the panel, what were your feelings on the panel? How, how did you felt feel it went? Um, I thought it went pretty well. I mean, I guess I didn't really
0: have. I mean, I, I was trying not to have like high expectations for it or anything because I mean it was my first time even going to to a celebration, much less you know being mm-hmm. up on stage. So I was like, I'm just gonna try to enjoy it and see how it goes. And I mean, I had fun being there with uh, you know you and Chris and Steve and you know we had uh, Jason do the intro and everything. So you know it was, I thought it was a cool experience. Um, I, I guess I kind of wish we'd had a little bit longer time to go for, um, just because you know we yeah. only got to go for like forty five minutes or something like that. And I felt like we spent a lot of time talking about sort of what we do on Frontlines and how you started the podcast and stuff. And I maybe would have liked to talk a little bit more about the actual Clone Wars, but. Um, yeah, I, you know, for what we had to work with and the limited amount of time we had there, I thought it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I was a little bit, uh, obviously, I gonna I'm going to put it under the most scrutiny because it's, uh, something that I've worked very hard to get to a, a point that, that, I know, it's kind of been well, it's been a hundred episodes in the making, right. To get to that point of, uh. Having an official panel at Star Wars Celebration, um, and uh, you can't help but get your hopes up a little bit. I think uh, in that sort of a situation, uh, you really wanna—I I don't know—just see it. You, you you want the room to be full and and tons of people to be there and for everybody to be having fun and that sort of thing. Um, what we ended up with was maybe the first three rows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> worth of people and uh and uh i don't know the 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 crowd was a little bit hesitant to enjoy themselves it felt like they weren't uh they weren't quite sure what they were getting themselves into and uh and and so it was a little bit i i was kind of hoping i didn't really have a game plan going in there and just kind of hoping to feed off the energy of the people in the room and and kind of take it from there and it ended up being a little bit more uh it it relied more upon us than I was hoping. I wanted it to be very interactive and you know do the trivia and and uh, uh, the giveaways and stuff like that and maybe get people a little bit more uh, excited and off their seats. But uh, but the crowd wasn't quite that. You know it was the end of the first day. I think a lot of people were really tired. They're very uh, overwhelmed. I think with the convention as a whole it's a on that first day it's very daunting because you're looking around going like there's a million things to do and i don't think i'm gonna get to do all of it and you know what am i gonna do and uh so i'm very grateful to the people that did show up the people that did come to hang out with us and spend an hour with us uh the technical difficulties also cut into that time a lot um even though we went in that first day i i feel like this is this isn't just to do with our panel, but to do with the convention as a whole. I feel like the convention staff didn't really know what was happening. Most of the time they were kind of making it up as they went. And, uh, and that caused a lot of issues over the weekend. Uh, and the first time I think I really encountered that personally was at the, at, at our panel uh, for you guys. I think it was at that Ian McDermott panel when you know, he didn't show up until half an hour into into the, the show going yeah. on. So, well, and um, it wasn't
0: even him showing up, at least from what I can remember. It was just, like, when they actually let us into the theater, and then, you know, he showed up after that. But, I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah so, I don't know if he was late or if it was just the staff people getting their stuff together late or whatever, but.
1: Yeah, it just seemed it was sort of a recurring thing all weekend of like, oh, no, 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 we got this figured out, like, I went in the day before, and kind of talked to people, and was like, cool, so we're all set, we know what's going on, and then I get there on Thursday night, ready to do the panel, and, uh, you know, my equipment's all out, and, uh, and the tech guys are fumbling with cords, and trying to figure out how to get Matt on the screen, and and all that sort of thing, and it's just it's taking forever, and I, uh, you know, and at the end of it, we couldn't even get a good enough Wi-Fi signal to to have picture of Matt, anyways. So uh, it was kind of a bit of a wasted effort, anyways. But I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it it's uh, it was definitely a learning experience. If we get the opportunity again at future celebrations, uh, I think that we'll be a little bit more prepared for exactly what's going to happen um i think that i learned that of sort of our crew of podcast uh friends that i uh in fact like what i was kind of hoping because i figured that everybody else had bigger download numbers than us (laughs) i was kind of hoping that they'd bring their fan bases along with them and uh and they definitely did i think we had a few people show up specifically because you know because chris was on the panel and a few because steve was on the panel um but uh <laughs> i i don't know i i know that there weren't a huge number of front lines listeners at celebration i know that 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 a few of you were there because i got to talk to a few yeah? um but i uh, yeah yeah, it seemed like we had a lot of new people, which was why I, I think I ended up focusing a lot on what Frontlines is, and then there was the portion where we focused on everybody else. So, yeah. uh, which which I thought, you know, like I, I get the opportunity to come up and and do a panel and and get some notoriety for Frontlines, uh, I wanted to spread that wealth around because uh, it felt like uh, how come how come Frontlines gets to do this? That doesn't make any sense. Um, there are other podcasts out there that are much more professional than us. Uh, so, so I had, you know, uh, well, you guys can all listen. You can hear it's, it's our regular cast of friends. Uh, Steven and, uh, Chris were obviously on the panel, so they got showcased a little bit more than everybody else, but the Wampus Lair, Star Wars Report, uh, kind of just talked about everybody, uh, that, that we podcast alongside of. Which were all the people that we were hanging out with all weekend as well, which was really cool, um, and uh, and we did get to to sort of get a little bit of face to face time with with some some of the listeners. Uh, Callum was there uh, from all the way from Australia, and uh, I hit him and uh, I I don't I don't remember where like they were those his brothers or friends or I'm did you get sure to you talk to Callum at all? I did. Yeah. Um, anyways, he was with, a, with, with, uh, another guy about his age and, and then, uh, seemed like a younger sibling of one of the two of them, if not both of them. Uh, and, uh, and we gave them some t-shirts and, uh, we handed out a few other t-shirts during the panel and, uh, and, uh, we gave away some cool stuff and, uh, and, and that it was cool. It, it was a good experience, uh, if not a little bit. Disappointing personally, but uh, only because I, I don't know I probably like like you said you tried not to get your hopes up I probably did get my hopes up a little bit, <laughs> and I was really kind of hoping you know it was going to be a huge thing and that, you know we'd have like a 100, 150 people there but you know uh, it was like I said it was it was the Thursday night so uh, so we takes what we can get to. and and we were up against Ian McDermid and uh you know right. how well, can you and we were kind of
0: sandwiched in between him and kevin smith
1: yeah exactly so um well then we finished up the panel and we headed over uh, to hollywood studios to go ride star tours so that was uh myself uh crystal uh you jason and uh and chris and uh and we did just that we headed over to to hollywood studios over on the walt disney property and uh and we made a beeline directly for star tours uh how did you enjoy star tours
0: i enjoyed the heck out of it um let's see how how many times did you go on it when we were there that night just twice
1: i only went on it twice that night and once the other day yeah i I went on three
0: times um Just, you know, I had never been on it before. I've been on the old Star Tours a bunch, obviously, but, uh, yeah, hadn't been there since they opened up the new one, and, uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool. The only, I mean, I guess the only thing I would say that I maybe didn't enjoy as much as I thought I would is the fact that, you know, you wear 3D glasses and the whole thing's supposed to be in 3D, and it's not, I I guess the 3D isn't all that noticeable, at least that's how I felt. I mean, it's not like there's stuff popping out at you and you're, you know, dodging rocks that you think are, you know, coming right in your face or something. So, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of sort of more that immersive 3D that they try to use in movies nowadays. But on a short little, you know, five-minute ride, it's like I'm not even paying attention to the 3D all that much when I'm looking at, you know, Star Destroyers and TIE Fighters and everything flying past me. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's that's kind of just how I remember it now. Maybe when I was on it, the 3D made it really cool. But, um, I, I mean, with or without it, I thought it was really awesome. And I like how there's, you know, different segments of it that you can go to now. It's not like the same ride all the way through. Um, you know, you can... I, I guess there are a couple different ways it starts off, and then you can end up going to, you know, one of a certain few planets first, and then you... You know, there's like a few different choices for the second place you end up. So you know, there are different combinations you can go to, um, and I got you know a, a pretty good variety. Like I wrote it three times, and I think ended up going to five different places, and there was only one that uh, that I ended up getting twice. But you know, like we got to do the pod race on Tatooine, and the um, I think we yeah we went to Hoth one time and Naboo and, yeah. uh, oh, the one we did twice was the Space Battle over Coruscant, and then, yeah. um, I think the last time I rode it with Jason, we did one where we ended up on Kashyyyk, and we were, th- there, it was kind of like the Endor speeder bike chase, where there were, uh, you know, scout troopers on speeder bikes chasing Wookiees and their little flying Wookiee copter things, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was really cool, and, you know, just a lot of fun, some, uh, some cool visuals, and
1: cool way to mix it up and uh yeah awesome ride yeah i re- i really enjoyed it uh i got to ride it the three times uh i got a lot of repeats unfortunately um the uh, the coruscant one in particular which which we got uh as the finale the fir- when when uh we all wrote it as a group uh, well let's see i'll just i'll just break it down the first time i wrote it uh, with Crystal, uh, when we were there by ourselves, we started off, the probe droid comes up and sort of inspects and looks for the, the rebel spy, and, uh, and then you take off. Uh, we went to Tatooine for the pod race, and then uh, you, you get sort of stuck to a pod racer and go through the pod race, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then, uh, and then you, you take off from Tatooine, and uh, we ended up on Naboo. Uh, with uh, with a message from Admiral Akbar, I believe was when when Crystal and I wrote it. We got Admiral Akbar, uh, and that that you end up on Naboo. You sort of you you get shot down uh, and and uh, crash into the water, and then you go through the planet core. So you get to see you know a big. Uh, you know the sea monsters and stuff like that. You come out the other side, and uh, and you end up actually crash landing in the Nabu, the Theda, um, hangar bay with all the Nabu starfighters. And that's probably of all of the three D moments. And I think that this is one that's hitting a lot of people. And I've I've actually uh, heard a lot about it. Uh, that it's one of the best endings because you land and you crash and one of the Naboo starfighter tails goes through the front of the, uh, of, of the, the star speeder, the, what, yeah, I can't uh, remember what they're called. I, it's uh, star and, speeder, but and, yeah, it goes right through the windshield. Yeah. That was the and last one we got, I think. Yeah. And it feels like it comes right through and it feels like it's like in the ship and and uh, and a, and a pit droid is on the end of it and he falls into your ship and it really it honestly looks because you've got C3PO and it's an animatronic C3PO in the cockpit and it feels like when you're looking watching it like that that tail comes through and that pit droid falls into the ship and interacts with C3PO So that part of the 3D, that really in-your-face 3D, I think they did really well. But uh, from there, the the next time I wrote it was with you guys. We started with Tatooine, and then we ended on Coruscant. Uh, And then I wrote again, just you and I. We we started well, but that we had Vader confront us that first time that we were all together, which was really cool. Yeah, that was. And then Yoda. And then Yoda gave us the message to go to, uh, to Coruscant. And then uh, then the last time I wrote it with you, Kyle, it was just the two of us. And uh, we went to Hoth first, which was wicked. I loved Hoth. Um, and then we ended up on Coruscant again uh, with, a, with a message from Princess Leia. And the Princess Leia message was actually really impressive because it was completely unique. It's not like they recycled footage from the movies. But it looked like they filmed it with Carrie Fisher in 1977. Like, I don't know how they did it, if they did it like Tron Legacy style, where they got a body double and then they just sort of plastered a digital face on there, or what they did. But it looked awesome. It was really, really yeah. good. Well, it was so, it was
0: so good that I didn't even notice it at first. I You know, I'm just sitting there, you know, enjoying the ride and everything, and it pops up and I'm like, there's Princess Leia, and then... After, you know, after we got off and you're talking about, like, man, how'd they do that Princess Leia? It looked just like her. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because that couldn't have been Carrie Fisher, huh? I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it totally just, yeah you know, fooled me the first time. So, yeah, it was really well done.
1: Yeah, so, uh, so that was my experience with it. Uh, it was all pretty awesome. Uh, but I, I would have liked to have gotten a little bit more variety, but that's just the luck of the draw. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm, I'm and wondering then I, like, how many different places there still are that we haven't seen yet, because there could be some really cool yeah. ones. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then we finished off our night with some Phantasmic, which isn't really Star Wars related, but I just thought I'd mention it because it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and uh, and we had a lot of fun with that. And then, uh, and then that brings us to Friday. So Friday morning. Jeez, you've got you've got the list. What did we do on Friday morning? Friday
0: morning, we... Yeah, I think you guys were there with us. We went to the uh, the Clone Wars voice actors panel.
1: Yes. Where yeah. uh, James Arnold yeah, Taylor that was sat excellent. down
0: and interviewed uh, Tom Kane and Matt Lander and Dee Bradley Baker and uh, Ashley Eckstein. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, each of them were talking about sort of how they got involved with Clone Wars and some of the other voice work that they've done. And, uh, you know, what it's like on the show and doing their different characters. And, I mean, they just had some goofy, fun moments, too. I wish I had recorded the whole panel. I only recorded, like, ten minutes of it or something. But, um, I mean, you can tell that these guys, yeah, all just, like, enjoy working together and have a lot of fun together and stuff. And then, of course, we saw, um, you know, D. Bradley Baker got up and did all his weird creature noises that are just kind of mind-blowing to, you know, see him do that in person. I mean, it, it's yeah. one thing when you hear it on the show, you know, like the Geonosian Queen or whatever, and you look in the credits and it says D. Bradley Baker did it, but then it's another thing to see him in person stand up on stage and actually hear noises like that come out of a human being.
1: But, Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, I'm a big fan of his, not just from the Clone Wars, but also from uh, from the Avatar series, Avatar The Last Airbender and, uh, and The Legend of Korra. And I... Uh, to have him do those characters' voices, because on that show, uh, on on The Last Airbender, he just does animal voices for the most part, and then a few other various, like, random people. Uh, but it, like, just these weird animal noises that he does. Uh, and then... Uh, but then he did Tarlock, which was one of the characters, uh, one of the bad guys uh, on Legend of Korra, and... Uh, I, I watched like he's from like the first episode straight through to the end of the series, the end of the season. And uh, I didn't know it was him until I got to a point where I read in in the credits D. Bradley Baker and I just sort of ignored it previously because I knew that he was uh, the the voice of Naga and uh and pabu who which are the two animal characters i was like whatever yeah d bradley baker voice of animal of every animal ever uh and then i uh, and then i read tarlock as well and i was like wait a second i looked it up on imdb and sure enough like tarlock he's he's this uh, really great complex uh deep character and i was just like that is so cool that he's both of those things that, he, that he's all of these things uh, so yeah, it was it was really good I actually talked to him a lot about that at the uh, uh, after the the press conference when we got a few minutes to talk with everybody, um, which was very cool. But uh, but yeah, I mean, listening to him do his stuff in person, it just it gives you a whole new appreciation for what those guys do, uh, and just seeing them all up on stage together was a really cool moment for me. I really enjoyed that panel. That was probably one of my favorite panels from the whole weekend.
0: Yeah, that was. I mean, it was definitely up there for me. There was just so much cool stuff. I don't know if I'd say that was one of my favorites, but yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoyed that. And uh, yeah,
1: like you said, it was cool to see all those guys up there. Totally for sure. Okay, what? Where did we go from there on from? Well, I think we took a detour after that. Haha. <laughs> Well worded, well worded. Uh, yeah, we definitely did for the Star Wars detours panel, uh, the super secret panel, as it was called uh, in the in the uh, program. But we all kind of knew what it was. So Seth Green and Matt Senrick, uh unveiled at long last their new uh, their new Star Wars series, and uh, wow, it's uh, it's a doozy. Uh, I'm sure you've already seen all the clips and everything, so we won't go into too much detail on that. But I like, just give me give me your impressions on on the series, Kyle, without going into too much detail, because people can just watch all the clips and everything. Right. Well, I I thought from the stuff we saw,
0: it looks like a really entertaining show, really funny. Um, yeah, it's funny because it's one of those things where I maybe got a little more hyped up for it just because of like the crowd and the energy and everything at, uh, you know, there at C6, it's like, I came home and I watched all the clips again on my computer and stuff, and I definitely wasn't laughing as hard, but then I was also like, well, it might just be because I've seen it already, and, you know, some of them might be one-time jokes or whatever, but, I mean, regardless, it's still going to be, I think, a really entertaining show, um, you know, can't wait to yeah. see it, and, uh, yeah, it was just cool to be there and kind of be the first people to get to see it, and, uh, you know, like I said, it, you you could definitely tell that the whole crowd was enjoying it. Um, I think they showed the first trailer for it, which was, you know, a good, like, three minutes or so of footage that kind of gives you an idea of what the show is, and we all just kind of went nuts afterwards, and Seth Green was like, whew, well, that went a lot better than I thought it might have, you know, we're glad you guys didn't think it sucked. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and, you know, of course it was cool to have them, you know, all those guys there in person talking about it, and they had uh, Donald Faison come out, who, like, plays one of the stormtroopers on the show, and um they had some of the writers and yeah you know, they just kept bringing out more and more people and you can tell that those guys are just you know really big Star Wars fans and they're really excited about it so um yeah i'm i'm uh, excited to see what they come up with now one thing i did want to point out um that i thought was interesting seth green said something about kind of something along the lines of george lucas gave them permission to make this canon And I don't know how serious he was being or how much this is actually going to kind of follow the established continuity or whatever. But as we're talking about, kind of skipping ahead to the Clone Wars a little bit, and they had that mural that said, you know, who will fall. And we're talking about, like, all the different characters that we don't know the fates of that might die in season five. Well, in the Detours trailer, you see Cad Bane. And um, yeah, the the whole show was supposed to take place in between episodes three and four, and I was like, "Well, is that official confirmation that Cad Bane is not going to die in the Clone Wars?" I
1: don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess we'll I, I guess we'll have to kind of wait and see. But it seems like it's uh, that's the case that uh, Cad's going to be around for a little while. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I wouldn't take that too seriously. I don't think that they're. They're actually writing canon stuff. I mean, when you see the way that they handle Chewie and Han Solo, I I think there's enough evidence there to say, like, no, it's not really, this isn't really canon. It's just, uh,
0: well, and I I, I think it's a lot of stuff too that, you know, maybe could be canon. It's like, yeah, it's not going to contradict anything, but it doesn't have to be canon at the same time. So you kind of just take it or Mm -hmm. leave it, I guess. Yeah, yeah but i mean obviously it's more just for entertainment
1: value and it definitely looks entertaining yeah absolutely it looks i i think it looks fantastic i i can't wait for it to start but it sounds like we're going to be waiting a while it doesn't sound like it's coming out anytime soon yeah. so uh,
0: well you know it was interesting because seth green said something like you know it's kind of still a ways off and we weren't even going to show you guys this footage yet we were just going to announce the series but george was like you know george lucas told him, you know, you're there at C6 with all the biggest Star Wars fans. Like, you got to show them something, and so yeah, they showed us the trailer and like a whole bunch of preview clips. And he made it sound like, well, you know, you guys are lucky that you're here because nobody else is going to get to see this for a while. And then the next day, it's up on Star Wars .com. So
1: yeah, I I think a lot of that's just sort of a uh, uh, PR speak, though. Like yeah. It's just sort of you know for for the benefit of the people that are there because they say the same things about. The Clone Wars panels and everything that like we're getting first access to it. And nobody's gonna see these clips until the episodes air, right. and then what do they do? They turn around and they post all the clips anyways. I right. mean, the, well, the ridiculousness I mean, I... of them not letting us take pictures or video or anything like that at the panels because it's all uh, super secret, and then they just release them. The next day anyway, so it really doesn't make a difference. Well, I mean, I will say with the the
0: Clone Wars panel, I think we saw like six clips and there are only like two of them online so far, but, um, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but, uh, yeah, but as for detours, I would maybe guess that we'll see that maybe fall of next year, maybe later, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll
1: have to wait and see. Uh, okay. So, uh, from detours, we, uh, what, what, what did we do after that?
0: <laughs> um, I think we might've just walked around and I'm trying to remember like on what days I did a lot of my buying souvenirs and stuff like that. Yeah. But the next thing I have on my list that we did was the, uh, the Clone War season five premiere, which wasn't yeah you know, later in the day. Yeah. Cause I seem to remember the detours panelists going to that like around noon or something.
1: Uh, yeah, I believe that was around noon to one. So yeah, we uh, or maybe 11.30 to, to 12.30 or something. Um, yeah, so yeah, we, we've kind of tooled around, checked out the, the exhibition hall. Sa- same, as, same as always. I don't know, I didn't find it that exciting particularly. Uh, it, it was actually kind of a little bit less uh, exciting than last time around. At I, 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 C5, it felt like there was a little bit more to do in the exhibition hall, along with the stuff to buy. And, with this time around, it seemed like a lot of the stuff to buy wasn't necessarily Star Wars stuff. Um, and the Star Wars stuff that they did have, it was like, are you looking for Power of the Force action figures? Because I don't know that anybody is. Right? Like, not at this point, right? Like, everybody's kind of, you know, waiting for new stuff to come out. Um, and it doesn't seem like new stuff is really coming out. So, it just seemed like the collecting was a little bit in the doldrums uh, that, that I think that we've all been kind of noticing as of late. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it is kind of
0: depressing when you you find a uh, couple of vintage series action figures that you've been looking for for a long time, and they're like 40 bucks a piece. I'm like, well, yeah, that's not happening.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I wasn't really all that excited about uh, the exhibition hall, so I didn't spend a lot of time. I definitely didn't spend a lot of money there. I ain't really buy anything Star Wars at Star Wars Celebration. There were <laughs> a couple cool Ninja things Turtles. in the celebration store. Yeah, I did buy Ninja Turtles though. Um, but then the next thing that we did was the se- season premiere, and you know what? The season premiere. I'm gonna we're we're gonna kind of do something a little bit different here. All we're gonna talk about from the season premiere on Frontlines is the trailer. We can tell you that the the first episode of the season is awesome. Uh, we all really enjoyed it. There's lots of Darth Maul. There's lots of Savage Opress. There's lots of Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's it, though. Yeah. Because I don't want to to get into it and talk about the episode uh, until people have had a chance to see it. So um, there may on other podcasts you've already heard all the gritty details. But uh, I'm going to respect that special premiere, uh, and and, uh, and we're going to hold off on talking about the details, plus then, you know, what are we going to talk about when the episode finally ends? Yeah,
0: exactly. So, plus, I mean, I would think that you guys wouldn't want to hear about it anyways until you actually get to watch it. Like, I wouldn't mind telling somebody the details if they really wanted to know, but I know for yeah, me, if I wasn't yeah. able to go there, I wouldn't want to know everything that happened in the episode until I got to see it for myself. And it's uh, yeah. it, it's definitely, you know, one that you want to check out and not have spoiled. There are some, uh, some cool surprises in there. And some unexpected humor. I'll say that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's it, I I th- I think that it was a pretty solid uh, uh, episode, and uh, and w- I think everybody's going to enjoy it when they get to see it. But I uh, let's see. I uh, let's talk about that trailer though. I, uh, jeez. let's just go. I'm just going to go really quick from memory. What we saw, we saw. More Darth Maul and Savage Opress, uh, kind of being their uh, hardcore awesome selves. Uh, we saw a, a trip to Onderon, uh, the beast planet, and, uh, and a, a war that's going on there, and a character named Stila. Uh, we saw Mandalorians galore, and in league with Maul and Savage. Uh, so Death Watch along with, uh, with these new Sith pretenders, uh, Sith wannabes, let's call them, uh, of, of Darth Maul and Savage Opress. Uh, and uh, I, we see a little bit more of that f- from that clip of Obi-Wan in, in Clone Trooper, or, sorry, not in Clone Trooper armor, in Mandalorian armor, uh, being awesome. Uh, we saw one of the coolest storylines that, that was revealed, I think, which is the droids all together on their excursion. Uh, so R2 and a bunch of other droids on a special mission. Uh, we saw a Republic commando, uh, in action, which was very, very cool. Yep. And it uh, sort of seemed like,
0: uh, almost like a cut Queen type story from season two, where this guy almost seems like he's coming yeah. out of retirement or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. And then, uh, and then let's see, there was something really really cool at the end, and I, uh, huh? Well, I don't know. We get I know, I know that, everybody's screaming. Other
0: things that were in the trailer. I, I think we might have seen some of the stuff with the uh, the Embo thing. Oh, and apparently, Rush Clovis is back, and we got some stuff with him and Padme. And Anakin, yeah, we we and, got uh, Anakin. Yeah, Anakin, Anakin beating the sod at too him. Well. Yeah. Um, uh, we saw. Uh, Phase 2 Jedi Starfighters, or... I keep calling them Phase 2 because it goes with the Phase 2 clone armor. The Episode 3 Jedi Starfighters. Those showed up pretty early in the trailer because I remember that being, like, one of the first things in the trailer that got me really excited. Um, Yeah. And then there was... Oh, Asajj Ventress is back, and we saw her fighting Ahsoka.
1: Fighting Ahsoka.
0: And, um, speaking of the 1313 panel, in one of the Clone Wars panels they mentioned that... uh, with, um, you know, the Lucasfilm Animation Team, they were collaborating with LucasArts uh, to sort of get the same look and feel because we're actually going to see the the 1313 level on the Clone Wars um, because, you know, that's like a certain level down in the depths of Coruscant where, you know, it's kind of like the seedy underworld area. Um, so we're going to see that on Clone Wars and it looked like maybe that was where Ahsoka and Ventress were fighting. I mean, it looked sort of dark Coruscant-type environment. Um. i mm-hmm. I'm trying to th- Oh, we I mean we saw some more stuff with clone troopers. Um yeah, you know, there's like some new clone commander who's gunning down droids with a chain gun and just looking all cool. Um That's pretty much as far as I can remember. Um oh well, yeah. although you you mentioned um the Death Watch teaming up with Maul and Savage. Um at some point that Obviously goes south because we also saw a shot in there of uh, Maul and Pre Vizla fighting. Yes. So. You know, yeah. Power struggle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then and then the trailer ends with something pretty amazing and something I don't think that any of us were expecting, which is uh, Darth Sidious. I. Uh, rocking two lightsabers and fighting Savage Opress and Darth Maul. Now, I know that at the end of last season, we were all kind of speculating what's Sidious going to do, what's Palpatine going to do when he finds out about this. Uh, You know, this kind of breaks the rule of two and all that. But uh, I don't know that we could have hoped for anything as awesome as what we're going to get. I don't Uh, think so. Because it
0: looks amazing. I mean, I I was talking about the, you know, with the detours panel, just having sort of, you know, feeding off of the energy of the crowd in the room. I don't know that I've ever been with a group of people who went as ballistic as we did when Sidious ignited that second lightsaber. Yeah. We just lost our freaking minds right there, and it was just so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, everybody did. It just, the, the, the entire place just erupted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it, for anyone out there who still thinks Clone Wars
0: is just a kid's show, I mean, there were grown adults screaming at the top of their lungs, and I would know because I was one of them. <laughs> well, and, and Steve. Yeah. Steve went no, Steve went was talking nuts. about that for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, we'd yeah. just be hanging yeah, out talking was, about something that was else, his... and he'd be like, hey guys, Darth Cities has two yeah. lightsabers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, oh, just fabulous. Fantastic stuff. So great. I... And, uh, and and you know I, I think that uh, they we've all watched that trailer a good three dozen times at this point, point. Uh, and if if anybody else out there is like me, uh, we've all got our speculations on what's going to happen. But you know what I don't think that they really gave us a lot to speculate about, with the exception of maybe some uh, some darkness coming from Anakin. I uh, but like it was all very like it. Of all of the trailers that we've ever gotten, and and I said this at the beginning of the season last year and I think the year before, generally we watch those trailers and we go, yeah, okay, so there's the first two, three, four episodes of the season. Uh, Maybe the first three arcs. And uh, that was definitely true last year, and it was definitely true uh, in season three that we just saw a lot of uh, footage from stuff that's... uh, you know in the first in the first maybe even quarter of the season with this one we saw a lot yeah especially considering Dave Filoni mentioned that i uh, that the the season season 5 is going to be a lot more um, uh it's a it's a lot the the arcs are a lot chunkier they're a lot bigger so they're almost exclusively four-part arcs with a couple of like two or three-part arcs thrown in for good measure but i think that he may have even said that there isn't a a single episode in there anywhere they're all part of larger stories uh which we saw a lot of last season and uh and uh, well you know last season if i think back i don't think that there was there was there was a single episode, and that was uh, a friend in need. The, well, you know, the there, was that, was and so there was that. There was also and uh,
0: Shadow Warrior. Uh, which one was and that Shadow was the Warrior? The one with the Gungans, and uh, Anakin fighting Dooku, and uh, yeah, this fighting. Okay. The Gungans, and Captain tarples and everybody.
1: But that was tied into something else, wasn't it? No, what, what no, that was, was that, that was coming statement. off of the act. Okay. Uh, well, it was definitely. It felt like it was tied into. Uh, the the water war stuff because the Gungans were so heavily featured in that. So um, yeah, I guess it was a, a standalone episode for the most part, but felt very much like the Gungans were getting attacked, uh, targeted specifically because of how much butt they managed to kick in the in water war. Huh. But I uh, but yeah, this season it seems like it's going to be all four part arcs uh, for the most part. And, uh, and and that's that's an exciting thing to hear because uh, I think we've all been kind of asking for a little bit more of that cinematic treatment, maybe some stuff on the big screen, and uh, and Dave definitely hinted that that uh, the more we ask for it, the more likely we are to get it. So uh, I would I would implore everybody. To uh, it's kind of like writing your your congressperson, you know, tweet the crap out of it, uh, write emails to Lucasfilm, leave comments on the Star Wars blog as much as you can to just say like, hey, when are we gonna get to see these on the big screen again, like we did with the uh, with the Knight Sister trilogy? Because that movie going experience of of just getting to see it all edited together is one thing. Uh, it was excellent, and they've got the uh, the Darth Maul. The, the Return of Darth Maul or Rise of Darth Maul or whatever it was called. Um, that DVD uh, that's just recently been released that's an exclusive at Target. Um, and that yeah. edits everything together. And, and, and I, if I can get down to the States to pick up a copy because we don't have Targets up here in Canada yet. We're going to have them soon, but not quite yet. I'm uh, I I I'm really curious to see what they mean by edited together. Because I, I mentioned at the end of the... Last season, that uh, somebody needs to cut those together, intercutting them because the the Asajj Ventress and the Darth Maul stuff seems to be happening at the same time. So, yeah. uh, but I and I don't know that they'll have gone to that much of a length because uh, we definitely we saw three episodes that night uh, of the premiere. We saw the last two episodes of season four and then the first episode of season five. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I'm I'm curious to see what's on that DVD. I haven't really heard from anybody yet. What all is on there, other than just the episodes? Yeah. Well, uh, and and speaking of which, extras. if you're gonna go to Target and try to pick that up, they've
0: also got the Target exclusive, um, the action figure three pack with Darth Maul, Savage Opress, and Mother Talzin. Um. So I mean, I'm not gonna get the DVD because I've already got all four of those episodes. But I'm definitely gonna go yeah. try to find that battle pack probably next week. Yeah absolutely but um Um, yeah i mean that whole uh, i don't know. i mean if i had to pick a favorite moment of celebration six it's so hard because i mean we'll get to what we got to see the next day but that clone wars premiere friday night has definitely got to be up there for me and i would maybe say it was my favorite just because i mean like you said we got to see the last two episodes of season four we had to see the brand new episode from season five which was awesome then we had uh Dave Filoni and Sam Witwer come up and do a you know Q&A about um you know what it was like to sort of bring Darth Maul back and just kind of going behind the scenes on those episodes and it's cool to hear them talk about that and then we were expecting to get all the new season 5 stuff um at the beginning or you know Saturday morning but then um you know, then at the, oh at the very end of the night, you know, Dave Filoni's like, okay, that's all the time we have. You know, you guys can come to the panel tomorrow and see stuff. But while we've got you all here, and we've got a uh, you know big giant screen, let's show the trailer. And yeah, you know, just because it was so unexpected, that was really cool. So yeah, I thought absolutely you know, that that whole premiere experience Friday night was awesome.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so after that after after the premiere uh we (laughs) well we weren't sure we were going to get into the mark hamill panel but we just kind of milled around waited uh because they we walked out of that panel and they told us that there was no more room for mark hamill so we just kind of stood around going like well maybe they'll have a few seats left and uh and and then we ended up getting in the overflow line and uh Steve did a little bit of sweet talking and, uh, and and we did in fact manage to get in there. So uh, that which was awesome. It was it was excellent. Uh, it was a, uh, that was another point during the convention where we were like, these guys don't really have their crap together because they're uh, they're telling us that this that this is full. and then there was easily another 50 or 60 of us waiting in that overflow line. and uh, and there was room for all of us. And then the back three rows, of that hall, of that that theater were empty. Yeah. Um. So they had room for lots more people, uh, at least another hundred people. So, uh, I it, it was a little bit. That's a little bit disappointing to say of of the convention as a whole that people were turned away and people left that night thinking that they weren't going to get to see the Mark Hamill panel and they absolutely could have. And uh, and man, they missed out. The people who didn't stick around and who didn't stick through that because. Uh, it was pretty amazing. T- uh, James Arnold Taylor was hosting yet again. And, uh, man, they barely even talked about Star Wars. They talked about everything but. They talked about Corvette Summer. They talked about uh, Batman. They talked about uh, his uh, his upcoming projects and, and sort of everything in between and the first stuff that he'd ever done, the soap operas and stuff like had, that. Had him singing on the Muppets. Yeah, uh, it was... It was pretty amazing. It was a pretty great night. Uh, it, you know, for me, it doesn't quite compare to C5. C5, Mark Hamill told us stories about Empire Strikes Back that no one had ever heard before. That was the first time that he'd ever told them publicly, and they were very personal things. So I was kind of hoping that it would be more along those lines. Uh, and, it, and it definitely was, but it wasn't in relation to Star Wars. Like, I could have done with sort of a Return of the Jedi version of that but uh, but what we did get to see was a live performance uh of the uh, Batman's eulogy from uh from the Batman animated series in the episode where where Batman gets supposedly killed by some random thug and the Joker gives this this excellent eulogy and i'm not even going to do any like references to it or lines because i could not do it justice i don't think that anybody could uh, because Mark Hamill is a genius, and those who walk around going, I, I, I don't remember what it was, but recently I read something or saw something, and uh, and somebody said something about Mark Hamill and like uh, in reference to like Harrison Ford versus Mark Hamill in some way, and uh, Mark Hamill, who, what's he been up to? Nobody even knows, right? Like nobody knows where he's been. Well, mm-hmm. you can say that. Uh, as as a poorly educated, ignorant person, but uh, if that's the case, you're doing that man a huge disservice because his performance uh, as the Joker on the uh, Batman: The Animated Series is just uncontested. He is he's as Kevin Smith has referred to him, the People's Joker. Uh, and uh, man, he's the Joker that I hear when I read a Batman comic book. So, uh, and then he's also He's also uh, the the uh, the the Fire Lord in uh, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and uh, and eventually we'll get to hear him do something on the Clone Wars, which was kind of one of the revelations of the night, uh, which is that you know that that he hasn't been asked yet, and then the next morning I think we heard from Dave Filoni. That, I uh, or maybe, maybe it was at the, at the, press yeah, conference. It was at the press conference, it was at the press conference that, you know, he wants to use him, but, uh, it's gotta be special. It has to be important. It has to be a, a role worthy of Mark Hamill. And I don't think that that's to say a role worthy of Luke Skywalker, but worthy of Mark Hamill, the man, because he is an unbelievable talent and, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm sure that there's a bootleg somewhere out there of the, uh, of the panel, uh, of, of the, the Mark Hamill panel. So if you can get your hands on that, I suggest listening to it. Um, but yeah, that, it was an excellent night. And then, uh, and then from there we went, we went for dinner and, uh, we went to the Uno Chicago Steakhouse, Chicago Unos. I don't remember what it was called, something like that. Uh, the food was all right, but... More than that was the company because this was sort of the first time that all of us were there together to to digest what we had done over those two days, uh, and it was it was you, myself, uh, Crystal, Steve, Carl, and Jason, uh, and uh, Riley and Bethany, and uh, man, it was a doozy. It was a it was a it was a fun night. It was there, and we had an excellent waiter. There at the uh, at the the Uno Steakhouse and uh, just so much fun, so much fun, and everybody kind of, that was I feel like where we all kind of gelled as a group and uh, and and sort of coalesced into into the the posse that uh, that we knew we were gonna all become. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Then we got up on Saturday and we promptly went to the Clone Wars. Season 5 sneak peek panel, where we got to see a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, A lot of the stuff from that trailer. Uh, So, you know, uh, Clone Commando, Republic Commando stuff. uh, Droid stuff. uh, Darth Maul, Savage Oppressed stuff. Uh, Did we get to see any Death Watch stuff? Yeah, well, we saw
0: uh, Darth Maul and Savage and the Death Watch going to recruit the... um the
1: Black Sun guys on Mustafar. That's right. We got to see the Black Sun, which was, I don't even know if there's a word for it because you bring Black Sun and the Phalene into it. And uh, man, that is some, cause that, that for me, it really hits me because the time that I really got into Star Wars was about a year before Shadows of the Empire hit. And when Shadows of the Empire hit in 95, 96, uh, that is what cemented me as a Star Wars fan, uh, reading that comic book play, uh, eventually playing the video game on the N64, uh, just all of the stuff that, that surrounded that novel and the multimedia experience. Cause that was the biggest thing since return of the Jedi came out. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I don't even know how old were you when that happened? Oh gosh, I was 95. I was four. So, it, yeah, it, it's so, funny
0: because that's actually around the same time that I got into Star Wars, but I had no yeah. idea there was any, you know, books or comics or video games or anything at that time. I was just getting into the movies for the first time and freaking yeah. loved it, so.
1: Yeah, um, so you get you get to see that. Yeah, I mean, the I, Fally, I've been in Star
0: Wars fans since around then, but yeah, I never
1: really got yeah. into the Shadows of the Empire stuff. Well, for, for those who, who's, you know, you know, that was their beginning with Star Wars, I... Uh, to see the Faline, is sort of in the in the uh, CG flesh, walking around, and to see somebody other than Shizor and, uh, and and just sort of see a little bit of what they're like as a as a crime syndicate, uh, the Black Sun. Man, I could not be more excited because you're putting together three things that are just ridiculously cool. Uh, Darth Maul and Savage Opress, they've got their own cool factor going on, particularly with some of the new stuff that we're seeing with Darth Maul and, uh, and uh, what he's going to be walking around looking like in Season 5. Uh, we get to see the Death Watch again, so that's Mandalorians, and that's warrior Mandalorians, not the sissy pacifist <laughs> Mandalorians. Uh, and then the Fallen and Black Sun. I, I mean... And all wrap it all up on Mustafar, right? Yeah. Like, uh, just unbelievable, amazing stuff. Uh, so much to look forward to in season five, um, and uh, and you know we got to see that trailer again. And uh, was there anything else? Well, other than uh, the stuff that we saw in the in the trailer. Not really. I mean, there was, uh, I guess, stuff that you
0: didn't mention. We got a clip of Bo-Katan uh, rescuing Obi-Wan from some of the, yeah. you know, Darth Maul Mandalorians. I mean, you know, like we talked about, it yeah. seems like they're going to kind of split at some point. Um, and we also saw a clip of Anakin and Obi-Wan in the Jedi Temple talking about kind of Anakin's relationship with Padme and his emotions and stuff like that. And that seems like it'll be kind of, you know, some cool dramatic tension and stuff. But yeah, just, yeah, I mean, that whole preview panel was cool, but after... I mean, it, it couldn't top the trailer on, on Friday night for me. Um, yeah. Just because, I mean, that was like no. our first look at new stuff from Season 5, and we got to see so much new stuff. It was like, I knew going into the preview panel the next day that we were going to get, you know, like some one or two minute long clips of, you know, just quick stuff that we had already seen in the trailer, so... Of course, it was cool to get to see more of it, but it wasn't like seeing Darth Sidious pull out two lightsabers for the very first time. But yeah. then, I mean, the thing that kind of you know why I said I couldn't decide whether Friday or Saturday was my favorite day is at the end of that panel, George Lucas comes out on stage, and uh, oh yeah, you know, how can like I forget C5 that where he had a scheduled appearance to make. um... You know, it was just like, I think they showed the trailer at the end of the preview panel and then Dave Filoni said, hey, now we're going to bring out, you know, a special surprise guest who's a big fan of our show, and George Lucas comes up on stage. Um, And, of course, that was awesome, you know, lifelong Star Wars fan, and you're in the same room with George Lucas, like, how cool is that?
1: Yeah, 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 it's pretty amazing. It's a pretty amazing experience to get to do that Uh, for anybody, so, yeah, yeah. Um And it was very brief and then he was gone. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, I mean, even though it was
0: brief, I, I guess the only thing that kinda of brought that down a little bit for me is that we got there Saturday morning before the panel and I heard you know, I heard some people kinda of talking about um, like, oh, George Lucas has been seen here and somebody saw him walking around and there were all these rumors flying. And so I kinda had a strong hunch that he might that we might see him at some point during the Clone Wars panel. And of course, it was still cool to actually get to see him, but I feel like if I hadn't known that was coming and it had been a big surprise, kind of like they were intending it, then I would have just been, like, totally in awe. But and it was still
1: pretty cool to get to be there for that. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Um, so, from from the the sneak peek panel, we, uh, well, I think you guys, no, not you guys, uh, I... But some of us, we kind of split into two groups, uh, to check out other stuff. And, uh, and some of the guys went to check out the Star Wars detours, those who didn't see it the day before. Um, and what did, what did we go do? I think, well, after that, we didn't do anything till the press conference. Yeah.
0: We just kind of got right.
1: ready for that. Yeah, the press conference, cause it was, it was pretty soon afterwards. It kind of threw a wrench in Saturday, um... Yeah, because we were cause, very focused on that. Yeah, I had wanted to go see the um, the Attack of
0: the Clones in 3D preview, but um, didn't get to see that because I was going to run into the press conference. But I mean, it was obviously still there. It's still cool to get to be there. And, um, you know, again, I videotaped the whole thing and that's up on the website and our YouTube page. But, um, you know, just to be there and get to talk more with Dave Filoni and... Uh, you know, Sam Witwer and all the other uh, cast members and Joel Aaron talking about the behind the scenes stuff. So that was cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was a, it was a it was a good press conference, actually. I mean, we had the one at the last celebration and uh, it was all right. But this one was this one felt pretty good. Uh, we got some good information. Sam Witwer loves to talk about Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is just wicked. I love it. that How much he loves what he's doing, what, the fact that he gets to be Darth Maul, so he just goes off, um, and uh, and we heard a little bit more about maybe some, some uh, faded moments for Ahsoka and Anakin, we didn't get to, well of course we didn't get any details, but there's something going on yeah. there. Oh, and there was I, at some point, I think it was either during the
0: premiere or during the preview panel, but Dave Filoni said something about, you know, don't, ask about what's going to happen to Ahsoka, because, you know, we're obviously not going to tell you, you're going to find out later, yeah. and, um, yeah, I, I shouted out something to him from the crowd, like, does that mean you know? Because, like, every time it seems like at a convention or something, somebody asks him what's going to happen to Ahsoka, and he's like, well, you know, we've, you know, George and I talk about it, and we kind of bounce ideas around, and I'm always thinking about it, and so this, to me, at least, was the first time that it sounded like they actually have a solid idea in mind. For what's going to happen yeah. to Ahsoka, and they're just obviously not telling us yet. But I thought that was yeah. kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm keen to see exactly what they were talking about, uh, and I'm sure that we will soon. But uh, well, maybe not soon, but by the end of the season. So they they hinted a little bit about that because it seems like it's coming up pretty quick. Uh, and uh, I well, you can listen to everything that they talked about at the at the press conference. I, uh, and then I think we just cruised around for the rest of Saturday, didn't we? We just kind of, we just kind of hung until out until, when we had, uh, until James the Arnold James Arnold Taylor. Taylor, and Taylor. Taylor yeah. Yeah. I mean, James Arnold Taylor, what is there to say other than he is the most talented voice over actor on the planet. And, uh, he is a brilliant entertainer in his own right, uh, separate from the whole, you know, uh, uh, voice acting thing. Um, just so awesome. And his show was excellent. And uh, not really any surprises there. He just kind of did his thing. Uh, but then uh, then Carrie Fisher came out afterwards. And uh, that was a doozy. Holy smokes. That, that was an excellent panel. I was actually really surprised at how great the Carrie Fisher panel ended up being. Um, how candid she got. How much she loves the fact that she's Princess Leia. You know, Um, I I think that that we tend to get, you know, because they get asked questions a lot. um, They, that from a lot of the stars, we get a little bit of a like, yeah, I've answered this question a million and one times, you know, here's my stock answer. But we definitely got a very personal uh, conversation about the times that she spent as Princess Leia and, and other stuff that she had done in her career. And uh, and it was just it, w- I, it was a really great, candid conversation between her and James Arnold Taylor. And I, I give a little bit of credit to James Arnold Taylor for that. I think that he did a really great job of interviewing her and of asking her the right questions. And sort of leading her down the path. And then letting her sort of go off when she wanted to go off. Yeah. It was, Uh, I mean, it was
0: definitely really funny and uh,
1: there were times where
0: she got very, um, I don't know, I guess you could say adult-themed and not really kid-safe, but without quite being explicit about it, so that almost just made it more funny, I mean, just some stuff was, you know, dripping with sarcasm and innuendo and stuff, but, um, and then of course, you know, you're talking about... The fact that she just, you know, loves being part of Star Wars, and I think the thing for me that um, kind of made that stand out the most was they did, it, you know, they kind of passed a mic around the audience at the end of the panel and let people ask questions, and somebody asked, like, hey, if George, if George ever did 789, would you come back as Princess Leia? And she wasn't like, eh, maybe I'd think about it. She wasn't like, yeah, that might be cool. No, she was like, yeah, definitely, of course, like, I'd be down for it, and... Yeah, everybody kind of cheered and was like, yeah, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, which sort of... Uh, Steve had been going off all weekend <laughs> on this concept of 7, 8, 9, and that's what the big announcement was going to be. But I, I think he was mostly kidding. Uh, but that's what... He, he kept on yanking our chains about seven, it, and eight, that nine, night... drop the mic, walk away. Yeah, that night he definitely, definitely got us all on board with this idea that 7-8-9 that might be happening and that maybe that's why George was there and we were going to hear this huge, earth-shattering announcement that uh, Sunday. But uh, I think everybody can know uh, at this point that we are all well aware that that's not what we got. Uh, but uh, that night we did have an awesome, awesome party at me and Crystal's suite. Uh, afterwards it would be uh let me get this right it was the unofficial unofficial star wars celebration after party no sorry i screwed it all up because i forgot the whole beginning of it it was the official Frontlines: the clone wars podcast posse unofficial unofficial star wars celebration six after party that's what it was uh because there was there was a mixer, an after party, not really an after party, but a mixer going on at the convention center that was sort of an all ages thing. And then there was also the unofficial Star Wars Celebration 6 after party going on at the hotel that Crystal and I were staying at in the club that, that was attached to it. Uh, and then on top of that, we had our own little soiree, which was just, you know, the the what? The, I think the, yeah, the same eight of us that were out at dinner that yeah. The- uh, that were at dinner the night before, but man, oh, we just, we had an awesome time. It was excellent. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Everybody just kind of together. We were all toast, but we just kind of all grabbed some food and, uh, and we hung out. I mean, it really, it was more like, uh, it was more like, like we were all just kind of hanging out on a Saturday night than it was that we were all at a convention together. So, that it felt really cool. It was it was great. That's what going to these things is all about. You know, it's about about the people. It's not about season five sneak peeks and uh, and and unveilings and premieres and stuff like that. That stuff's all well and good, and it's all a lot of fun. Um, but honestly, I think that that with the exception of the stuff that we get got to see that everybody else didn't, you get the the general sense of it. You get the gist of it from everybody who's reporting on it and talking about it. So, uh, the, the real magic of something like star Wars celebration or comic con or dragon con or anything like that is the people that you get to spend time with. So that night was really excellent. Um, and we, uh, we all hung out really late that night, which was a, uh, probably a bad idea, but there was really no getting around it because the next morning we all got up and went to the celebration of worship, uh, which was just mind-blowing and I don't want to go into too much detail on it because it was kind of for the people that were there uh James Arnold Taylor made an appearance uh not just an appearance but he he sort of uh gave a bit of a, a testimony there and uh, it was amazing it, it was just it was as unbelievable as anything else from the weekend, if not a little bit more so. Yeah, definitely. um, But, uh, but you know, that was for the people that were there. It was very personal. Uh, He shared a lot with us, so I'm not going to go into it too much. uh, But just to say uh, a huge thank you to Steve, uh, Steve Glosson, Geek Out Loud, and, uh, and his, uh, his ministry over at at five, uh, I think it's the 521 podcast, uh, 521 ministries. I, and uh, just everybody else who put the time and effort into making that morning uh, a really special morning for those of us who attended, uh, it was really excellent. Uh, and then we uh, we headed back over to the convention center for uh, let's see what was what was first thing Sunday morning. First thing we did was the uh, Why We Love the Prequels.
0: Yes, that's right. And I slept through about half of that just because that, you know by Sunday <laughs> I was so you know burned out. I mean. From having a great time, but I, you know, from the late nights and the getting up early and the adjusting time zones and everything, I mean, I don't think I got more than like four or five hours of sleep, you know, each night the whole night the whole time we were there. So, uh, yeah, Yeah, I I was definitely, and especially you know, getting up earlier than the convention started to be at the service Sunday morning, which, like you said, was awesome, and you know, I was definitely glad I went to that. But then going over to the convention, I was just like dozing off during that first panel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but the absolutely. Of it that I didn't catch were,
0: you know, definitely good and, uh, you know, interesting to hear those guys. Kyle Newman, and I don't even remember all the other panelists who were up on stage, but just talking about, um, it, I mean, it was kind of cool because it wasn't like some of the official stuff that we've been hearing all weekend, you know, Dave Filoni and other people who, like, work on Star Wars. This was more just people who were, um, you know, Star Wars fans and talking about sort of what they think of the fandom and the, you know, the prequels and Kind of their take on why people like or don't like certain things, and I knew you know it was yeah. kind of just cool to hear a lot of different perspectives on it.
1: Well, you know that was one of the highlights of the last celebration, um, if not probably like you know George Lucas was was definitely the best part. Mark Hamill knocked it out of the park at Celebration Five, but that fan panel was the best fan panel for sure. Um, but then this time around, I don't know. There, it felt. I think that there were too many people up there, uh, so nobody really got to really wax poetic or anything about their their love of the prequels, right. which was something that happened at the previous one. Uh, Kyle Newman kind of went off a couple of times and just gave us amazing insight into what's great about the prequels, um, and he didn't get that opportunity at this one because I think there was just too many people on stage. But i uh, I mean it was still did, pretty answer did that a
0: little bit, but it wasn't i mean just just from the way you had been talking about how great the last one was, um, I just felt like at this one there wasn't really any new insight for me. I feel like kind of the big point that Kyle Newman made is something that I feel the exact same way about the prequels, which is that you kind of have to step back from um you know the acting performances and the dialogue and all kind of the little nitty gritty things that people you know, heavily criticize them for and just look at sort of the bigger story as a whole and just kind of all the cool stuff that's going on, um, sort of regardless of whether or not it's, you know, perfectly executed on screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they had some good, good stuff to it. Uh, there was a, there was definitely some, some cool panelists at, at that panel, uh, that that made it worth getting up early and going over for, but it just didn't didn't blow my mind like it did last time around, and that was a little bit disappointing but uh but you know I mean you can't expect lightning to strike twice right yeah. um we'll see what happens at the next celebration but uh let's see what 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 else went on that day on Sunday um,
0: I think the only other thing I had down for Sunday was the Sam Whitwer panel, which was after um
1: Yes, yeah, that, that was after the Why right.
0: We Love the People's panel. And that was cool for me. I know you guys, um you guys left early from that one to go get in line for the closing ceremonies and I stuck around for the whole thing. And uh I mean that was cool for me just because, you know, I'm kind of a big fan of his and he talked about I mean, we'd been hearing him like the whole weekend doing Q and A's about, you know, Darth Maul on the Clone Wars and stuff. But um he got to talk a little bit more about some of the other stuff he's done. He talked about like being human, and like a cameo he had in The Walking Dead, and he talked about Battlestar Galactica, and of course the Force Unleashed, um, and I think one thing, probably my favorite moment from that panel, um, and I think he did this after you guys left, was someone asked him like how he got started in voice acting, and he was talking about how his first voice acting job was doing Star Killer on the Force Unleashed, and then he talked about how he also had wanted to audition for Palpatine because he thought he could do a good Palpatine voice, and they you know let him do that in the game too. And then he actually did, um, you know, like a short scene from the game. You know, did his Palpatine voice, and I thought that was really cool because in the game he sounds like almost dead on. I mean, you wouldn't think it's the same yeah. guy that's the main character.
1: I think he does a really great job with that too. Yeah, he does do a pretty amazing job in uh, in the Force Unleashed. Yeah, I, mean, I I enjoyed that panel. Uh, he was he was pretty entertaining. I mean, he's always good. Uh, just because, like I said before, he's so passionate. He loves Star Wars so much. But uh, but yeah, we really wanted to be at that closing ceremony. It was really important. Uh, if only because Steve had hyped it up so much to us, <laughs> and we thought that we were really going to get a bombshell. Now, I the whole weekend, I kind of maintained that we were going to hear about the next celebration. Um, and I would say that of everybody, I had it pegged the best but nobody could have expected what we heard at that panel at that uh at that closing ceremony reveal and uh i don't know about you but i don't particularly care about celebration europe now i'm sure that we've got some uh some of our listeners who are from that neck of the woods that uh that probably care a great deal because now they're gonna get to go experience what we get to experience but uh yeah, for us, that's not really all that exciting. Uh, may, all it really means for me is that maybe I'll think about going to fan days <laughs> <laughs> next year, cause uh, cause it's not gonna. There's gonna be no celebration for a little while, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but was there anything else about Sunday that you? Uh, that you had of note? Nope, just uh, more line chaos
0: of me trying to get into the closing ceremonies, which I ended up not being able to get into, but like you said, I didn't feel like I missed out on a whole lot. I mean they announced the Celebration Europe 2, and then they announced the release dates for um, Attack of the Clones oh, yeah, three right. D. And I mean you you guys got to see like a, a short preview or um,
1: you know, some clips of that or something, right? We did, and it was pretty amazing, but, uh, you know, it's everybody will get to see it soon enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, was... Well, actually, not that, that soon, but...
0: That. But at the same time, like you said, I'll get to see it eventually, and I've seen the movies already, so it's not like I was missing out on any yeah. you know, new Clone Wars footage or anything like that, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's kind of just more of the same, so... Um, it's what you would expect, it was a little bit better than Episode 1 in 3D, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all kind of turns out in the end. It's gonna be better by default because it's because uh, that movie is filmed in digital. Oh, right? right. Yeah. Same with Revenge of the Sith. But the two of them coming out so close together is pretty big news, I think. Um, but the fact that we gotta wait until twenty thirteen kind of sucks. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we would have to wait till twenty thirteen anyways, because at least from
0: what I've heard, they said they were gonna release one a year. But I think we were expecting Episode 2 to be,
1: like, the beginning of next year. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, we were definitely expecting, I think, a little bit more, like, another February release. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, I guess I'm kind of
1: glad I don't have to wait till 2014 for Revenge of the Sith, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that pretty much... That... That wraps up Star Wars Celebration for us. I... you guys then uh, well we, we kind of hit the show floor one last time and uh, uh, and then we, we headed back to the uh, to the hotel. You guys grabbed your stuff and, uh, and you guys got on a bus and you left. Yep. I left bound for an airplane. Car- Carl had already left us that morning, which really sucked because uh, cause, you know we felt a man down on Sunday. Uh, and I think we were all just totally wiped. Um, but yeah, then you guys left, and uh, and uh, Crystal and I we we met up with Steve and Riley and Bethany for dinner that night, and it just didn't have the same. It just wasn't the same. It was good. It was fun, but it wasn't the same without the rest of you guys. Uh, but that uh, that's that's Star Wars celebration in a nutshell. You know, an an hour and forty five minute nutshell. Hell yeah. But, uh, but a nutshell no less. Uh, it was an amazing weekend. A huge thank you to everybody that contributed to the 100th episode panel. Uh, a huge, huge thank you to everybody that, that attended it. Um, a, a welcome to all of our new listeners. Hopefully there are many of you. Uh, if you are a new listener, if you got a t-shirt from us, We'd love it if you guys would uh, hop over to the Facebook page, facebook.com/slash Clone Wars Podcast, and uh, and maybe post a picture of you in your fancy new uh, Frontlines: The Clone Wars Podcast T-shirt. Uh, stick. Hopefully, you're going to stick around and listen to more episodes. I uh, hopefully you've gone back and listened to what the episodes are normally like. These, these the last little bits, but uh, you know, preparation for C6 and now obviously the fallout of C6 mm-hmm. and we probably won't be back until, uh, until season five begins uh, at the end of the month. Yeah, just over two but weeks away. Just about two weeks. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the meantime, you can head over to clonewarspodcast.com Check out all the latest news uh, clips, uh, stories, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Tim's even doing some reviews of, of the Darth Maul comic um, maybe we'll have some more stuff like that in, in the near future. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash clone wars, stay up to date with all the latest and greatest from Frontlines, the clone wars podcast. And like I said, the, uh, the Facebook page, uh, and, uh, from there you can, you can find our Facebook group. You can listen to the podcast live from the Facebook page. So you don't have to download them. Uh, if you don't want to, uh, and uh, you can just listen to them live, there you can listen to them on the site, or you can subscribe to us in iTunes. And uh, and you know what? I'm gonna start pushing on this, everybody. If you can head over to iTunes and rate us, uh, th- it helps with uh, with listeners. So uh, head over to iTunes, give us a a good old five star if uh, if you feel that we deserve it, and uh, and let us know. You know, you can't just leave the star rating. You also have to to leave the the text review in order for for it to uh to really bump us up in the uh, in the listings so uh so do that I uh, and uh, like I said welcome to all of our new listeners thank you to all of our uh I don't want to call you old listeners but our classic let's call them classic listeners uh from those first hundred episodes this is 101 and I uh, Holy smokes here. Let's go for another 99 at least. Right. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Awesome. awesome. Well, yeah, I, yeah, like I said, thank you guys for listening and uh, stay tuned uh, for season five. We're ready and raring to go and talk about Darth Maul, Savage Opress, the death watch droids, black sun,
0: Commandos.
1: Beating the crap out of Rush Clovis. 13, 13, uh, the commandos, yeah, 13 Yeah, everything Everything. Uh, Asajj Ventress, Ahsoka. Uh, and uh, until next time, uh, we will we'll see you guys later.
0: Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force is strong with you all. And it will be with you always.